Hello, welcome. Hi everyone. How are you all doing today? I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this day for the longest time. I'm hoping our guest is ready as well. Uh, we're talking about money, of course, from our financial advisor, uh, Nelson Latwini. So I'm just waiting for him to pop up here so we can just start of our discussion. I mean, he's 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 so good. He's so good at what he does. If you've seen our um, other interviews, you'd know how fantastic he is. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Excited. Excited, excited, excited. I mean, I can't explain how grateful I am to have you here back on with us again amid your schedule. It's just so, so grateful. How have you been? I've been good, I think. <laughs> yes, I've been all right. <laughs> I'll take it. So, I'll take it. Yeah. Yes, I'm all right. Keeping, uh, surviving the the big monsters we are dealing with all the time but hey that's part of our life <laughs> that's true that's true uh, yeah no go ahead yeah i just wanted you to introduce yourself um you know we've had you on the show before two times already but i think you know just you telling us who you are what it is you do okay so i see you are dodging that bullet again my name is nelson Litzwein. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm a financial planner and I write books and I do mostly uh, workplace financial education. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. <laughs> Tell us, how, how, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been a financial planner um, doing the work you've been doing? Well, I started off as a financial advisor around... For two, around 2000, 2001. See, that's going to give up my age now. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> and uh, around 2002, I started writing for the Botswana Guardian. Uh, there's a column that I started writing. Uh, and I wrote that for about 11 years. It was called The Silver Line. And, mm. uh, and then I wrote for other newspapers like The Patriot and um, Sunday Standard when it started off. And uh, yeah, basically... Uh, the the writing was financial literacy, financial education. That's that's pretty much what I was what I was doing. And then I I wrote my first book in two thousand and eight. So I published my first book in two thousand and eight. You know, writing is is something that has been part of my life for a longer time than that. But uh, that was the first book published. It's called uh, Functional Mastery Over My Finances. I did that in two thousand and eight, and then. And then the next one was Your Longing is Your Calling in 2011. And I think there's been a book per year since then to where I have about 12 books published at this stage. Um, and, and, and yeah, basically uh, most of the books are on financial um, education, but I have a lot as well on the personal development and uh, spiritual development as well. Absolutely brilliant. And yesterday was uh, International Literacy Day, so I'm sure you are happy about that. So yay that. <laughs> and the more people, we need more people to get literate, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yes. And uh, general literacy, very, very important to, to get very things to be... Uh, so among the books that you've written, we have My Money, My Power. Such yes. a strong, hard-hitting title. And at first I thought maybe we could, you know, play around with the words to cater for the title. And then I thought, listen, I was going to keep it as is for today. So why did you write that book? What is, how does your money relate to it being your power? What, what were you looking at when you wrote this book? Well... Um, our money represents our power in the sense that we work and we earn money 
And when you yeah. work, you're always giving off power. And that power mm. is, is your talents, your skills, your experiences, your abilities. You give them in exchange for other people. And so, and so a lot of people who's, who complain that money slips through my fingers or money doesn't stay, basically they are losing their power because they mm. don't have the ability to, to retain or maintain that for which they are working. And so the whole idea was uh, uh, seeing people always complaining about money and then not, them not realizing that they actually have systems in their own lives that allow them to let go of their own power. So there are people, places, things, times, and events that are happening to you. There are people, there are places you go to that take your money, people around you that take your money. There's place, you know, at times, events that you go to that take away your money and, and leave you powerless at the end. So you need to be able to understand when I say my money, my power, is you uh, being able to retain or to hold the money as your power because you, it will otherwise never come to you unless you expended your power. But if you expend your power, money comes to you and then you lose it because you don't have ways of retaining that power. That's basically mm. where the, 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 my money, my power came from, is looking at things around you that basically take your power away. In the book, you talk about how uh, money, or just right now, you were saying that money is given as in exchange for your skill, for your talent, or idea, or is it some sort of like, consider it's a reward as well. Uh, so what did you mean when you were, when you meant that? Are you saying that um, wherever your skill... Because you said idea as well. Because particularly when you talk about idea, we relate that to entrepreneurs. Um, but when you talk about talent, also entrepreneurs, we're not talking about the everyday employees. So what were you um, expressing when you meant that, when you said that in the book? We, we are actually including everybody, employee and entrepreneur wow. alike. Because yeah. even the employee will not be employed unless they have something to sell to the employer. And that is uh, their power. So, so if, I, if I'm skilled and I'm going to be employed to do that, but to practice that skill, I am bringing my power to the table and I get rewarded for putting that power away. So as soon as money enters in, into my hands, I have another book called The Money Field. As soon as the money enters into my field, if I don't take control of it, I'm going to lose it. So... Entrepreneurs may have ideas, but even employees, of course, they, 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 they bring ideas to the workplace. And that is, that is a part of you. Your employer is not a charity organization. They're not going to give you money for just being there. They, they, you are there because you are adding value. And that value is normally equated with the amount of money they will give you. So, so basically, when you look at it, it's, it's everybody who handles money has power. Everybody who mm. receives has power. What you do with that power becomes basically uh, your, your challenge in terms of understanding the process of, 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 of you know, my money, my power. So how can you use this power of yours? Um, you had said in the book how to use your money or your power purposefully. How, yes. what's, what, what did you mean by that? How do we use our money through purposeful action? Look, I think what I have a chapter in the book as well that talks about, well, the number of chapters that show us how you lose your money, okay? But there's a particular one about, you know, shopaholics. And, and the idea of being a shopaholic comes from, you know, uh, an idea called... Um, uh, what is this word that people always use? Impulsive. Impulsive spender. So it is, it is assumed that an impulsive spender is a person who spends without thinking. Right? They don't have to mm. really go through the process of thinking about anything. And, and uh, it is often assumed that it is women who are more impulsive than men. But I argue in the book that even men are impulsive spenders when there's something on the table that they are interested in. Because impulsive spending has got to do with what, is, what gets you excited. So 
whatever it is that gets you excited to the point of irrational thinking where you want that thing regardless of what it's going to cost you, then we can obviously label you as, as an impulsive spender. So the whole idea of, uh, uh, you know, uh, losing my money, losing my power is through the behaviors that we have. So we can look at your behavior, your relationship with money and figure out, are you the kind of person who retains your power because you have created systems to retain it or you make it and lose it, basically? And I'm not too sure if that answers your question properly. But, you know, if we make it and we lose it, we had really are going to be in a vicious cycle where we are working and making money and losing money and working, making money and losing money. You know, the money in, money out principle. Now, let's talk about uh, a part that I that triggered me a bit when you said that you could lose your power or in essence your money because of the people around you. Yes. So um, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about people who pressure you? I mean, I, ideally, I used to think that, you know, when you hit a certain age, peer pressure definitely won't happen. But I was wondering what, um, what was your viewpoint when you wrote this particular part that losing money because of people around you? Yes, you see, that's another thing that people think peer pressure belongs to the younger people. You'll be surprised yeah. how much even older people come to peer pressure. Because peer pressure, the key word is peer. Your own peers, what are they doing? Mm. If your peers are out there spending money and you want to be like them, regardless whether you are... So even older people, sometimes they make a lot of financial mistakes simply because they are trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm sure you've heard that, uh, that, that, that saying before. So it happens to everybody. And people can be out there uh, you know, spending money, that they do not have to impress people that they don't even like. I think there was a, a very a smart man who said that, don't spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. And, and, mm. the, and the whole thing is, it's really about the peer pressure. So peer pressure exists at all levels. And um, they, we, we think when you get old, when you make sure, of course, then you are able to make sure, put systems in place and it shouldn't be as powerful as it used to be when you were much younger. Because then, purpose. When we say purposeful use of your money is aware that there's a limitation. You know, you're going to work, if you're an employee, from, say, age 25 to age 60, and the employment system wants you out. Which means from 60 onwards, if your only way of making money is through employment, then you don't have a way of making money. Uh, because, you know, you have reached the age where they don't want to employ you anymore. So, so purpose means, let me use my money to build the things or, or to invest in such a way that this money can perpetually give me life, you know, mm -hmm. and, and support me to the point wherever God has decided how long I will stay on the earth. So the important thing is money is a tool on our planet to help us to perpetuate life. Without it, we all recognize that life gets really, really difficult. And so when we have it, it is a thing that we need to use in such a way that it can help us not just to preserve our lives, but to perpetuate it, especially during those times that we are not able to trade hours for cash. We are not able, like, you know, COVID situation, mm. many of us have not been able to trade our trade hours for cash because lockdowns and all of that stuff. But if we don't have the money to sustain us during such times as, that, as those, then we are very likely to lose the very things that we have worked for. People over this period have lost houses because they have not had uh, either the, the, the education or the foresight to save money for an, a point where they, when they wouldn't be working and earning money. So then we are in the cycle called the paycheck to paycheck existence, ah. which is a very, very dangerous place to be in because when the paycheck stops, Ooh. then what? You know? It's interesting that you say that, um, we had a comment, uh, I think it's Ms. Bokhaz, who said that um, peer pressure is real and it doesn't only apply to your teenage years. You also alluded to how you can lose your money 
in your environment because of your environment i wanted to know what the physical environment what that role plays and also the social media environment as well because often at times we go on linkedin and you see so much achievement or on different social media platforms or even here on instagram you see people achieving during a season in which there is financial tension we don't expect everyone to be living their best life during this covid-19 season so how does that impact um you in terms of losing your power and your money yeah look the environment in which we function or we live mm. remember i said people places things events okay and 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 that is your environment so it, the events that you are attending are they making you powerful or less powerful the people around you are they making you more powerful or less powerful financially speaking remember or found i think i've said this before maybe in our in our previous talk that uh, nobody can call a stranger in the street that they are they are stingy the only person who's going to call you stingy is a person who is desirous of spending your money okay? oh and they they basically just yeah they want they'll call you that so that you 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 feel like okay i don't want to be stingy so let's go ahead and spend the money but you have to be aware of your surroundings and be aware which are the people around you now you work you have your family you have your goals you have you know where you want to go with life and one of the things that's going to take you there is money that's how we have we have the game set up the economic game on our planet is set and centered around money and and so if you don't become financially literate it doesn't really matter how much money you earn because mm -hmm. as much as you earn you will lose if you don't know how to retain it and it doesn't really matter you know so that's why they say it doesn't matter how much you earn it matters how much you keep because now some people are against keeping money they they say life is too short well what if it is too long what if it's too long for you because if if you say it's too short it's as if you have your own timetable but we don't there are people who are living into their 70s 80s 90s and it could be you but if you want to spend all of it now because you think life is too short you're going to die soon what if you don't who's going to support you who's going to take care of you so assume the best and the best is i'm going to live long and and work with with your money to support a long life if it's cut short along the way it's bonus for those who stay behind you your this you know your children or your family or whatever it's okay but you shall not have suffered you will have had your own life but wastage it's a different story yeah um what i'm really getting out of here is really especially when you talked about the skills and the talents it's it really comes back to self and one introspecting and realizing that if i'm doing such and such if this particular skill that i'm rendering to my boss's business and it's making him this amount of money that means that that is my worth and uh, my worth is determined is now um being rewarded by a certain amount of money that's coming my way so now let's talk about yeah. ways in which one can now diversify their skills or their talents or ideas that they may have in order to either you um uh, get their power or increase it or retain it okay so so some people have power they are underutilizing and and by that i mean you have a skill that you are not selling you have a talent that you are not selling and you are giving it away okay i think it's in the very first part of the book where i say some people are giving so much away because they don't know how to charge which means they don't know how to value that which they have there are people in the name of being uh i don't know good samaritans or or whatever they are selling themselves short because they will do some wonderful thing for you and 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 they won't charge you for it and people that uh, don't get charged and they think things are free they're not going to stop there they're coming back tomorrow they're like hey give me some more of that free stuff and so you're spending your life giving your power away because you just don't know how to charge and it's very important for people to know their worth if you know your worth 
you will charge for your services. You'll say, I'll do this, but this is what, you know, this is what it's going to cost you. And if a person really wants it, they shouldn't mind having to pay for it because the, 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 the value that you deliver is useful to them. So it's very key, you know, before you think, let me just earn money and diversify. The question is, have you earned enough? Have you, have you mm -hmm. left a lot more money on the table by doing things for free? And, and I'm not saying never do anything for free, but you can't just be the one that people know that if they come to you, you will do stuff for free. But they will pay someone else to do a similar thing, but they don't yes. pay you. Yes. Yes. So why is it that someone else, because that person has taught them that when you come to me, you pay. And you have taught them that if you come to me, you don't pay. So you'll find that you're, you're, you're offering comparable service, services to someone who's charging and you are not charging. And you just say, but it's just a natural talent. Take somebody who can cook, for example. Every oh time my God, yes. Yes. Yes, they just cook and nobody gets charged. And then they leave your house with dirty dishes and you got to do the dishes. You fed them, they left your dishes, you're going to work, you're going to go to bed tired. Should have charged somebody. <laughs> that is so true because I'm thinking about how oftentimes and in, in, I mean in various industries uh, if a business thinks they want to take uh, things to the next level they'll probably hire someone who charges like 50,000 or 70,000 and even if they someone their mm. contender who charges maybe 10 or maybe 9,000 they won't take the cheap person they'll take the more expensive person which is crazy because it's like it's like what happens now, especially in different businesses. Um, so, I mean, this is not particularly related to the whole my money, my power thing. It kind of is. But what then when you find yes, that a is. lot of... It is, though. It is. Where businesses undercharge, yes. where businesses, your contenders or your competition undercharges so that they get more clients. What does that mean mm -hmm. for you as a business, as a contender with high quality services or products what do you do? Do you succumb or do you hope for a better tomorrow? Uh, what, what, what then do you do in such circumstances? This one I'm just asking for myself now, but yes. The hardest thing is to teach your market how to treat you. That's a very hard thing. Ooh, because I like that. You have to be in a position where you say, you know, I can give you a sample. You can taste a little bit of what I do. But for, to get more than this, you're going to have to pay. And if they themselves, you know, you know, one of the things that we experience as entrepreneurs, especially if we are selling to corporates, is that more often than not, the buyer of our wares is not the consumer. So they, they are buying for the rest of the corporation and, and they just have a budget to work with. And so maybe the cheapest guy is the one that's going to get it because they're guiding their budget. But if I know that the buyer can participate and can benefit, that one person that makes the one buying decision for the corporation, that is the person that needs to be the customer first and understand what you do so they can value, understand the value of what you're offering because then they're not gonna be looking just for the cheapest one out there. They're just gonna, they will know that this is what I, even I would benefit from and if I could benefit from it, so will the rest of the employees in my company benefit from this. Or so will the entirety of this company get even more profitable or uh, get, bet get better if they utilize this particular service. But if they don't have an understanding of that and they just have a budget, they're very likely to just take any and all. But then that's why I say the challenge for you is the patience to teach your market you know, what oh, you are yeah. worth, basically. So it's a, it's a challenging position to be in. But if you succumb, you are also teaching them that you can succumb. You can drop your price, you, you know. And, and so what, what happens to you? Do you still deliver the high value that you know you can? Or do you say, well, you know, uh, I'm going to give low service because the money is low, which drops your own reputation. You are in a gotcha. catch-22. Yeah. 
Exactly. I'm really, what I'm really getting out of this is that so many individuals, I'm going to particularly talk about Botswana, are unaware of the power that they have already. Yes, yes, yes. If you don't have, if you're not aware of your power, then you don't even know how to price it. You know, you, you don't know what's the, what price do I put on this? And so, of course, you're going to have to, you know, look within your industry what is the best price that the best person is charging in this industry? And honestly to yourself, how comparable are you in terms of value that you deliver to that person? And if they can command that kind of price and you even think you can do the job better than them, why is your price half of theirs? So it yeah. is you build, building that to say, I know I can deliver better than or equal to that person. And therefore, if they can command such a price, so can I. And so I'll wait on the sidelines until somebody recognizes that. Or I will find a way or I'll find, not necessarily waiting. There are, there are uh, 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 other industries that could appreciate. You don't stop and say, well, I tried these ones. They don't want to pay me. And, and we say, we're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We keep going, keep moving. We go to another industry. You, keep, you have to keep showing your worth because that is your power. And that worth needs to be translated into money. Your money becomes your power in that sense. And obviously within us as individuals as well, whether we're employees or aspiring employees or aspiring business people, we have to keep developing ourselves to be competitive within whatever market we're in, like you had said, so that you can go to these different industries. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Because there are people who might never develop themselves. You know, you know that saying that says, you know, you, you have to have connections. It's okay. I sort of believe it, but I also don't believe it. Tell connections me why. Are the connections are important only for you to show what you are worth. But if, if I have nothing to offer, but I'm just using the fact that I know Hofauna, she will do me this favor. When Hofauna leaves that position, who's going to do me the favor? Because in reality, I have no one who can vote for me within that organization. So if you give me an opportunity within your organization to come and present to your audience or to your employees, they become my constituents. I'm going to deliver to them such that tomorrow when you bring less than what I can offer, they themselves will rebel against you and say, no, 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 we are worth more than that. Bring, bring Hofaune here. She's the one that actually understands and can work with us. And so the person who got the job because of a connection of just knowing a person but not having value to deliver, it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable because they haven't developed themselves. They're not doing anything to make this you know, whatever, whoever we, we sell to Hofaune, the final consumer is the one that becomes your constituency. That's the one mm. that you are, you are campaigning to. That's mm. going to say, this yeah. is who to vote for in the future. So I've seen companies who, where we go and we deliver, and, and because of budget constraints, they take someone, and I'm not saying that person is necessarily less than me or less than us, but I'm just saying they don't, their material, for example, may not, may not be meeting their needs. They may not be geared to the needs of those employees. I've had employees call me on the side and say, why did you not show up? They gave us somebody who doesn't understand us. Now, that person may be a professional in their own right, but maybe they didn't put enough time to understand that particular company, that particular uh, market, and so they under-deliver and your constituents are the ones that are going to say, you know, that's, this is who we want. That's what we want because we understand that person can deliver, can meet our needs and help us understand what is going on. This is so interesting. It seems as though over the years, we've really distorted what the term um, connections really mean. It doesn't mean someone taking you from point A to B, but someone verifying you uh, or verifying your skill or your repertoire. This is very interesting. Very interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that at all. Absolutely. Absolute. Otherwise, you're going to be just an empty shell 
because I've seen people who depend on connections. When those connections shift positions, they <laughs> have no more connection because they, they didn't build a constituency within that organization. So right. I, like I said, I'm not saying connections are not important, but they're only important to the extent that you yourself will also deliver and, and make sure that tomorrow you don't need that connection. I did a job at some point in a company in South Africa through a connection, uh, uh, Industrial Development Corporation. I went mm -hmm. in, they didn't know me, but they knew the connection. The connection brought me in, okay? After a while, they didn't even want that connection, okay? They wanted me directly because uh -huh. I went in and sold myself to them, basically campaigned to them to be my constituent. So they become my client directly, even without that, that, that connection. So when the connection leaves, I don't lose the client because the client now is my client. I have serviced that, that particular. And many other companies are like that. So as long as you put value to yourself and what you deliver, you, you will always retain that as your power. But if you don't have power to begin with, and you think money can flow to you through connections, you don't really have power. So when we talk about my money, my power, we're talking about your power to deliver, your power to command the money to come to you because you're confident, you know what you're doing and you know you can guarantee your results. And, and, and as a result, they can be able to come back and say, absolutely, you, you may be under-promised but over-delivered. Kudos. <laughs> I like that under-promised but over-delivered. I hope that becomes our new maxim. I'm going to take that for myself. So what um, avenues or methods can one use to purposefully use money, use your power? It all depends on your objectives, eh? Because yeah. everybody has a goal. But there is no goal that doesn't require finance. Any goal. If you say... I want to develop myself. That requires money. You're going to have to buy some mm -hmm. books. You're going to have to do some courses. So you have to budget for, you know, in the book I have the chapters in such a way that you, where we say my money, my development money, my future money, my all that. So it, it's able to break down what areas of my life I need to be able to allocate money to. Okay? So, so, so self-development is literally using your own money to develop yourself, allocating your money to develop you, allocating your money to your own goals. Because you see, there is no savior out there in the finance world. Nobody's going to save you but yourself. And so if you don't become financially literate so that you say, here are the areas I'm interested in. I'm interested in real estate. Learn about real estate. I'm Don't wait for the, the money stock. to come to you to start no, buying no, no. real estate. Exactly, because money is not going to come when you know nothing. Because it is in the process of learning about real estate that you also learn where the money for real estate comes from. Ooh, that's a it good is, one. It is in the process of learning about the stock market where, that you learn where the money is going to come from for you to be able to invest in that. It is in the, pro everything starts. If you stop and wait, money doesn't work like that. Money loves speed. Money loves movement. You do something, something happens. You do nothing, nothing happens. Because it's cause and effect. Money responds to what you do. If you do nothing, you get nothing. So, so it becomes very important. So the areas is without saying, go there, go do this, that, that. It's up to you. What are your goals? Write them down. Figure out what is it going to cost me to achieve this goal. Start allocating some money towards that particular thing. Sometimes it doesn't take money. It takes time. You know, if you don't allocate, because time is a resource. If you don't allocate time to a goal, even if you throw money at it, it might not go anywhere because what is required is you, your person your time, your commitment to the goal. So sometimes entrepreneurs think they can just hire off everybody to come do stuff. And at the end of the year, they find that those people were basically siphoning money out of their company, out of his company, 
because they were just working for themselves. There was nobody out here mm -hmm. saying, are you really reaching my goal? Are you, if I'm hiring you, you gotta help me to reach my goal. And so you can't be remote control, even if, especially as an entrepreneur, you can't be remote control. You have to make sure that you understand where you are going and the people that are with you understand where you are going as well. So tell me this, right? When it comes to retaining your power, can you retain your power and somewhat increase it to the point of generational wealth via a salary? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in the process of writing a course, um, a mortgage management course, and it's, it's mm -hmm. how to get, how to manage, and how to pay off your mortgage. So, so the salary becomes one of those things that it becomes a starting block. As long as you know that this is a 20-year goal, then you don't worry. Because then you'll take your salary and say, this salary qualifies me to buy, you know, a, a, a two-bedroom house or a one-bedroom house. And so you go ahead and you buy that. And within a few years, hopefully you bought in the right place. You got, you, you sought great advice. And you're able to sell that off and buy another one. And as your salary increases and you cut off unnecessary things, you know, where you're wasting money, but you channel your resources towards this particular goal, then yeah. the salary can help you. Salary can help you because it's your power. It's, your, it's, it's what you are giving away. That's what you're going to get. It is not true that the only people that are ever going to get rich are entrepreneurs because there are great entrepreneurs that are employed and without them, those companies would fall, okay? But they, yes. they, and they, are running, they are running those companies as employees getting a salary. And so if they manage their own salary like they're managing this company, they can overtake the company because without that energy of theirs, this company will, will stay by the roadside, okay? So it's obvious that they are the engine behind this. And with whatever they get, if they dedicate as much effort and energy to building and developing their own selves, yes, you can do anything. So the, the stereotypes of you have to be an entrepreneur, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. Some people are great at being an employee, finding out from you, Hoffa, and say, I'm, I'm here, I want to support you. What can I do to make you great? Because when I make you great, I become great. Great. Oh. And, and great employees that they don't they are not the kind of people who come to steal from you they are coming to understand that if i if i raise you up you become great i become great because you're gonna pay me and if you are an honorable employer you will do so you'll pay those that have brought you where you are and uh, if you're not they will leave you promise you they will leave you and they will find somebody who can value them employees they say employees never leave their jobs. They leave their bosses because Ooh. they're going to leave you as the boss to go do the same job elsewhere. So they never left their job. They just <laughs> left a who, who never paid them for doing their job. So good. See how um, so brilliant. Um, if any of you have any questions for Mr. Latini right now, you can... Uh, ask away um, and just add it in the questions tab. So we have a question. Um, this person says, someone yep. once told me buying a house is not an investment. How true is that? It depends. It depends. What are you going to do with the house? You know, <laughs> in the book, <laughs> yes, in a book by George Klassen, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, he says, make of your home a profitable dwelling. Okay? So it's a primary thing. It's very, very important. You don't start off by saying, I want to be rich. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs says, take care of the bottom needs first. Your first house may not make you rich. So what? But it, but it frees you so that you don't have to be paying rentals or whatever. So the faster right. you can pay it off and it's yours, you don't have to work about your money going there, then your money can go towards building wealth. So your first house may not be, but without it, you might never even become rich because all your money is going towards rentals. So it's a stepping stone. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people are impatient. They want mm. everything to happen. 
And that's why I keep referring to 20 years, 30 years. If you are young, think of your life in 20 years time and plan for 20. Most people are living month end to month end. Money comes, money goes. Money becomes, money goes. You can't build a life when a salary comes, you get so excited and you can't think about even the next month. And so within a week, you've blown it. And now you're working hard, waiting for that. You, you can't do like that. So you have to have enough sense to see five years time, to see uh, 10 years time, to see 20 years time, and know that I'm going to build my way out there. That is financial literacy. Financial literacy is not budgeting. Financial literacy is the ability to allocate your money over time. And you always assume the best. Assume you're going to live, live for 70, 80, 90 years. Assume the best. Don't be, I'm not a pessimist. I'm an opt optimist. I even think I'm going to live 200 years. So <laughs> I have to think about that far into the future. And you asked about generational wealth. Generational wealth is also part of the package because if I work mm. on myself and don't work on the next generation, when they arrive where, when I leave, they will scatter what I gathered. So generational wealth is, is a greater work than just working for me. When I start thinking generational wealth, great. I'm thinking long-term. And but mm. then I need to set things in place to allow me to get to those goals. But goals are everything. And you must write down your goals. And not just tomorrow's goal, but I'm talking about we are in 2021. Think about 2030, 2031. Write down your goal for 2031, September 9th, 0909. 2021 to 0909 2031 and see that 10-year gap in terms of what you're going to you may not have a an idea but once you write providence will fall down providence inspiration will come i'm a writer and half the time i don't know what i'm going to write <laughs> but once i sit down in front of my computer and write the first sentence that calls the second sentence, that calls the third sentence, that calls all. But if you don't start, nothing happens. So everything in life, just start, just start. You know, I'll tell you when I started writing for the Botswana Guardian Kapani, I met a lot of people who said, I also wanted to write a, a money column, but I was afraid, what am I gonna write in the third week? I'm like, I also did not know what I was gonna write in the third week, but I knew what I was gonna write now. And when next week came, I wrote. And then the next week, I wrote that column for 11 years every single week. With, but I didn't have to worry that, you know, what, what am I going to write in the 10th year? I better not start. <laughs> no. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you just, you just start. it's like taking a journey. If you leave Khabarone and go to Francistown, you don't stand and say, where is it? Where is it? You just drive. You know, this road goes there. You don't even have to see it. Maybe it's not there when you get there, but just keep going. This is the direction towards Francisco. So you yeah. go. This is the direction towards Johannesburg. So you go. You don't have to see it before you leave. I really like that. I really like that. Just hit the ground running. Uh, I really love that. Uh, we have another question. Uh, it says, what are your thoughts on the creative industry in Botswana in regards to the fourth industrial revolution? It is very hard to think a thought for an industry if that industry won't think its own thoughts. Because that, the, every industry has to figure out what's happening within itself and how does it carry itself forward. So the creative industry in Botswana, you see, we can always think we are limited by where we are, but yeah. creativity is not limited, okay? Creativity goes beyond that. And... Uh, you know, I know people who are creatives here in Botswana and they are doing work, remote work, outside of Botswana. I know somebody who's a script writer for a Turkish company while they are here. You understand? So if you put your borders to say, my limitations is here, then of course you put a box around yourself. As the Australian says, think outside that box. And that box is the world. Okay? And where we are at right now, uh, 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 the fourth industrial revolution 
says you can be creative in Botswana, but have your market in in Singapore, in Australia, yes. in in, yes. in 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 Turkey, wherever you understand. And and so don't box yourself and say, oh, if the Ministry of Sports and Culture doesn't buy, that means I'm doomed. No, you create first. Create, and you'll see uh, Namibian TV wanting your stuff. Create, and maybe. You know, uh, DRC TV will want your stuff and translate it into French. Maybe Nigeria will take your stuff, but create. Don't stop and Start. say, I went to BTV and they didn't, they didn't take my idea. Um, no, just, you know, take your cameras, take your pen, take your music, create. And the fourth industrial revolution has leveled the playing field for anybody and everybody. And that's the way you have to think about it that way. It doesn't really matter where remote work is, is such that it doesn't matter where you are. You can work, you can make money and still deliver great value. Absolutely. This really does take us back to the conversation we had on the psychology of money that one really has to have an abundance mentality. And once you have this abundance mentality, you realize that um, you are bigger. I mean, once you realize and recognize your power within, you realize that your power can be subletted to border beyond borders. Um, so I think yeah. that's that was such a great way of answering. So great. Uh, we have another question here saying, oh, this one is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, this individual is asking, how do you invest wisely with all the shiny objects like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency making noise? Very, very good question. Yeah. Um, if you know nothing about a thing, do not go on someone else's knowledge until you download the knowledge into yourself. So the okay. Fed is going with, I see people doing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the, the stinger is in the tails. And, and, and when, I talk, when I say the stinger is in the tail, I'm talking about the tails that they tell. You know, they hook you by the tails they tell. So-and-so did this and got this. So-and-so did this and got that. So, so you're going on the tails, and that's where the stinger is because you really don't understand, okay? So uh, 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 Bitcoin is a very fact. It is a very volatile uh, currency. All cryptocurrencies are like that. I'll give you an example. Maybe a year ago, the price of Bitcoin was $10,000. It went up to $63,000. It's back to $30,000. So just to show you the, 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 the volatility within that, you know, it is, it is one of those things that is so volatile, people who play the, the cryptocurrency game, they play with their play money, not real yes, money. Yes, I've heard that. Not, yes. Not your education money not your own education money not your own house money find money that you that you can afford to lose now if you win you win but take take your starting point should be i'm willing to lose this because you could because you could be buying at 60 when it's 63000 and then tomorrow is 30000 you have lost 30000 you know that moment you realize your loss. So it's, it is a fact that cryptocurrencies are volatile. Nobody's going to argue with that. Nobody should argue with that because that's a fact. Now, when you want to participate, do not go on the fad of so-and-so did this and got that. Mm. So -and -so. That doesn't work because you yourself don't understand what is going on, especially the currencies that are being pushed through uh, the social media. When somebody approaches you on Instagram or Facebook and they say invest in, in cryptocurrency, chances are somebody told them to invest in cryptocurrencies and they don't know the story themselves. I myself have been called to many meetings where people say invest in cryptocurrency. Of course, I ask one or two questions and the person disappears uh, 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 for good because, you know, you can't tell me this is a winner because so most most pyramid schemes are based on tales, tales that they tell. Okay? So-and-so yeah. did this, so-and-so did this, got that. And they can even show you, see, see, I've got it. I've got the money 
you know, don't go for that. It doesn't matter what, even if they get a hundred million today, you don't really know the story behind that because True. the scammers do that. They do pay so that you can become their agent to go get more people to put their money in and these things close. We have seen many of them close up. So I'm not saying cryptocurrencies are wrong investments. I'm just saying don't invest based on tales you have. Invest because you understand the blockchain technology or you understand yeah. how crypto works. And in my opinion, invest with money you can afford to lose. All cryptocurrencies. There's no one that is, that is uh, safe from volatility. They all are. And of course, they are making central bankers very nervous uh, uh, because <laughs> of their instinct. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, we have another mm. question here. Uh, uh, it's how does one start wealth creation? I think here we're looking at the journey towards wealth creation. Where should I start? That's a question we're getting right now. Start with yourself. Buy your own home. Buy, pay it quickly. So you don't have to be sending money towards your basic needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Meet all your basic needs first. So if it's a home that you need, get that underway. If it's a workable car that can take you from A to B, get that. Because building wealth is not putting money away so the money can grow. It is living mm. life and you yourself increasing and growing as you go. So it is your house, it is your furniture, it is your car, it is your investment, it's all. And you are busy growing just like that. It is not suffering now so that I can live a great life tomorrow. It is you yourself see your life starting to improve to the point where basic needs are just basic needs. You don't really need them anymore. But you are focusing on, you know, you have enough to live on today. Therefore, you are able to push away something uh, uh, for tomorrow. There are basic things like, you know, retirement annuity. Start, start contributing very, very early because you can contribute very little and compound interest will work for you over time. So such basic things are important. So a home, a retirement annuity, emergency funds, that's, those should be in place, you know. An emergency fund with uh, properly uh, um, directed or properly enumerated emergencies and that means doesn't include your neighbor's emergency or someone else's emergency it's your own emergencies that you know what they are you have enumerated yeah. them and you put money because if you just put money aside just for emergency i guarantee you your neighbor's emergency consume your money <laughs> that's absolutely true and i really like what you said earlier when you said you don't wait for uh, money for the house to come or money for the car, your dream car, or you don't wait for your family to, um, for you to get married first and then have a child. That's when you start planning for your family. You do it at early stages and especially as youth, which is the primary, primary um, audience we have here. We have another question here is um, what advice would you give on self-consciousness and how do you think it's affecting our youth? self-consciousness okay self-consciousness is about being aware of yourself it goes back mm. to the core of your top my money my power you know am yeah. i aware of am i aware of who am i and what do i have to offer you know lack of confidence or self-esteem is mm. it's a it's a it's a blight upon our youth because we, we estimate our worth based on what, you know, we are living in the world of likes. The more likes <laughs> I get, yeah. it's sort of what my, you are not, even if nobody gives you the likes, you gotta build your own confidence from within, all right? And so, and so we, are, we are so much dependent on what other people say. You know, on social media, I put this and I got two likes. That one got 17 likes. Let me do what they did so they can, so I can get more likes. Well, that's not you. That's you. So uh, uh, self-consciousness is aware of the inner self that makes mm. you who you are. Because you cannot be any other than yourself. You can only be you. And if you don't know how to reach that 
get help, get coaching, get mentoring, get somebody to help you to identify. Because I've seen so many people say, but I have no talent. And I say, get to your best friends. They will tell you what you're talented in. Ask them, what am I good at? They will tell you, they know. And maybe you are not aware that those things are worth something. But your best friends, your family, they will tell you, you know, you are very good. You can play that game with your friends. You know, tell me, what am I good at? They will tell you what you're good at. And you can figure out, do I build on those things that I'm good at? Because it makes you aware. Because sometimes we do things and we're not actually self-conscious. We're not aware of what our strengths are or our weaknesses are. But our friends and our family can help us identify those things. And, 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 and we can get on to build on the very things that are important for us to build on. Thank you for answering that question. And I'm really reflecting on um, my power within, because I'm hearing you talk about you know, self-confidence and your power within. And you realize that when you really are aware, you have a, um, a grand awareness of who you are, the power, the skill that's in you, you will use your time wisely. You won't just be in certain places just because it's cool. I mean, if you're going to relax, there's purpose behind you going to relax there's purpose behind yeah. the way in which you use your money and in that sense it really does show that the one who is in control of self is in um the money won't control them they control the money yes and it's very important that people don't read that as be stingy be too frugal don't do anything you can still have fun and you can yeah. you can still enjoy yourself but there you know, know your limitations and know I can do this up to this point. And after this point, it's okay, I'm going home, okay? But if you, if you think you're just going to be, you know, 24-hour entertainment, it's not sustainable. It's not going to work. Your money's going to run out. Before you know it, you're going to be borrowing other people's money. And then you're starting to dig a little hole for yourself. As soon as you start borrowing people's money, it's a little hole that you're going to have to fill at some point. Right. And uh, fill it with your own resources. So what steps do we take now? Do we get a financial advisor? Do we send you a message and ask you for financial literacy books, uh, advising? What, what, what steps do we take now? Because I'm fired up within right now and I, I want to get to work. <laughs> well, I do have a lot of books that I've written, but there are many other books as well. Uh, reading is very important. I have on my IG a lot of little videos, some videos that I put up. Like I said, I'm writing a course right now, actually a number of courses, uh, you know, one at a time anyway. Uh, right now I'm focusing on mortgage management and uh, basically how to get one, how to manage one and how to get out of one uh, within that time frame, within that 20 years uh, and, and, and even do more things like that. So the way to go is figure out, figure out who you are, what is it that you want, write down your goals, mm. pursue them with constancy. Yes, with fun along the way, but with a constancy that says, this is where I am going. And one goal might take you three years. For example, if you say, I want to get a degree, that's three years or four years. But you don't get dissuaded along the way because somebody who didn't get a degree already made a million bucks. Okay, and you say, oh, but my ultimate goal was a million bucks, so I should leave school and go there. You are, you are getting distracted. Okay, and people do that, and then they don't even know how that guy got a million bucks and, uh, and all that stuff. So, figure out what you want, focus on it, and say what, and, and, and be aware of places where you are losing your power. What am I losing my power to? Who are the people around me that are, that are like mm -hmm. uh, power away from me? And don't be afraid to cut them off. You know, yeah. if, they're, if they're sucking away your power and they're putting nothing into you cut them off. I mean, you know, uh, what you got to lose, you got to lose them, but what you're going to gain, gain your power. And you'll be able Absolutely. to get new friends as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we have, uh, uh, before I get to the other question, the question was, where do we buy your books in Francistan? Someone's in Francistan, they'd like to purchase your books. Hello, Francistan. I'm so happy you're paying attention. Um, you can contact me. Sprint Korea makes it to, to Francistan. We can send them there. But if you're a digital reader, you can go to Amazon right now, click, pay, read. 
even tonight, before Sprint Korea gets there. Because fourth industrial revolution has taught me as well, put the books where everybody can access them. So Francistown, anywhere you want, amazon.com, you look for my name there, you'll find the books, you will, you can even uh, get free samples. You buy from me, yeah. I'll give you a sample. You have to get the book. <laughs> You know, that one is mine. That one is mine. That's a full that's mine. We have another oh, question. I think we'll, <laughs> I think it'll be our last question. Um asking right. how can how can one reach a high level of financial freedom at a young age, especially with all the challenges youth are going through at this particular moment? Be patient. Be patient. Yeah. I'm ready for the question to say I want it now quickly. But I don't really have a formula for quick, quick, quick. It depends on what skills do you have? What talents do you have? What experience do you have? What do you have to offer to the market so that the market can buy those things with money and, and yeah. then how you use that money? So there are no shortcuts, but it takes patience. So you can, you can really do it. But unfortunately, we live in that microwave society where pop in the microwave and, and it's fine. No, this is a wooden stove, okay? You have to go chop some wood. Life is like that. Wooden stove, chop wood, make the fire, blow, let it grow, cook, wait, you know? And, and that's basically what it is. But do the right things every step of the way. It's mm. one step at a time. If you know that you want to be the best lawyer ever, Go apprentice yourself to the best lawyers. It might take two to three years before you make partner, you know, with that company. But once you make partner, money flows through. You might say, I want to be an accountant. You're going to have to apprentice yourself to the best. So who are the best in your industry? Uh, wherever, whatever your industry, what, who are the best? Can you get close to them? Can you learn from them? And, mm. you know... Uh, Get a mentorship like that because by just knowing and they will tell you the truth they will tell you how long it took them and you'll be able to learn patient but if you just if you don't apprentice yourself to the best in your own industry and you are worshiping them as heroes at a distance you never really know what they had to go through they yeah. had challenges too now you're looking at them and say wow they're so wonderful if you get closer they will tell you Yes, we may look wonderful to you right now. These are the challenges we had to go through, and we still have further challenges for further growth. Everybody is still growing at all times. So the question, what do you want to be when you grow up, is valid. It's valid to a 50-year-old. It's valid to a 60-year-old. What do you want to be when you grow up? That is a very important question. Absolutely brilliant. It's always so amazing having you here. I'm just seeing so many questions and I'm not even questions, just people sending through fire emojis and just appreciative of your wisdom. It doesn't even feel like we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> but I know, eh? Time, time flew it, by like it, that, eh? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, once more, where, how can people search and buy your books online for those who'd uh, like to purchase via Amazon? Okay. If you go to my Facebook page, Money Skills with Nelson Litswini. I am sure there's a link there, you know, somewhere if you search. I, very often I put it there. And, of course, on, on Instagram here, if you follow me, you are very likely to find those uh, uh, links there as well. But you can simply go to Amazon.com and search for Nelson Litswini. And then the list of the books will show up. And then you can choose. You can download the samples for free. There's 12 books there. You can have 12 samples. Read through all of them and then buy the ones that you want that talk to you, that say yeah. something to you. Some of the books for reality, Fourth Industrial Revolution, I'm, I'm for get digital books. Don't say, but I want, I want a paper. It's okay, you want paper. Let's save a tree, okay? Just, just get a digital <laughs> one. But paper is available too if you want paper. You, you contact us on my social media Money skills with Nelson, that's when they like that. Communicate with me there. And of course, on this platform as well, you can just follow and, uh, and ask questions and talk. And, you know, uh, I won't disappear on Kofaune like I did for 
for a while. I'm sure we'll have another. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so, so much. I'm so appreciative of you being a regular. It's great to have you back. Let me show them the, the, the book that they will find oh, on yes. the... Yeah, that is the book that you will find on Amazon. That's the one that we are talking about. My money, my yeah. power right here. Okay. So, that, so yeah. I thought I'd just turn around and uh, that stack behind there is some of the books that, uh, that, that we have. All right. So Wonderful. that is that before, before we say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I wish you well. <laughs> and I'm just congratulations with that um, company that you did work for in South Africa. And it's just very, very exciting. To see you still thriving like the young men I know you are. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone who joined in. And enjoy Thanks the rest of your day. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for all paying attention. And I'm sure this is not the end. This is only the beginning. Absolutely. Bye, everyone. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye.